Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. In uh, looking at the Acts of the Apostles uh, in our in the Bible, we're we're applying that today and and uh, calling it Acts for today. And uh, in reading the story of what happened when Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin, the re- the uh, religious authorities of the day, we see there, Colin, that they were unashamedly bold in their defence of how the cripple had been healed. And um, you ended yesterday's programme by saying when the gospel is preached, signs and wonders will inevitably follow. Because Jesus promised that. And if we don't see the signs and wonders, then either we're not preaching the gospel or there isn't the faith, or we're not giving the Holy Spirit the freedom to express his life through us in the way that God intends. After all, Peter explained, didn't he, that it's in the name of Jesus and through the faith that comes from him that that man was healed. Well, do we have the authority to act in the name of Jesus today? Of course we do, if we're believers in him. Do we have the same Holy Spirit in us who was living in Peter? Yes, if our lives have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Do we have the authority to do what Christ said today? Yes, of course, if we believe his word and accept that authority. But you see, what has happened is that men have often reduced the Christian gospel to a religion. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to establish the kingdom of God on earth. So where the church is preaching the gospel of the kingdom, living the life of the kingdom, They will see the power of the kingdom because they're exercising the authority of the kingdom. And this is what marks the Christian faith off from all other religions because you see the life and the authority and the power of God operating through believers. So we read in verse 13 of chapter 4 of Acts, When they saw, now these are the opponents, aren't they? These are the leaders of the Jewish community, the same people that were responsible for crucifying Jesus. Annas and Caiaphas are there, together with other members of their family, the same guys. Religious people. Religious people. When they saw the boldness and authority with which Peter and John spoke, although they knew them to be ordinary men who had received no theological training, they realized that they were followers of Jesus. Now, that's good, isn't it? But the the interesting thing is, you see, they saw, well, these aren't learned people. These are not theologians. You see, what has happened is that people have replaced faith with reason. And we try to be reasonable to the world. No, 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 no. You, the Christian faith does not, is not based on reason. Reason limits God because reason is of the natural mind. Faith takes us beyond reason into the supernatural life and power of God. The Holy Spirit who lives in us is supernatural. He can never be received by reason. Nobody can be saved by reason, but only by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we saw yesterday, that it's only through Jesus that people can be saved. 
So we read in verse 14, but there was nothing they could say because the man was standing before them clearly healed. So they ordered them out of the council chamber while they conferred together. I can remember a situation in which I was placed. It was in another country where um, there was a, a meeting of a whole lot of churches together. And uh, I was told that, that uh, you know, very few of these were people of the Spirit. They weren't familiar with, with God moving in sovereign power or anything like that. And um, they were very skeptical and even opposed. And although they would be at the meeting because it was a meeting of all the churches together on a Sunday morning, so they were all going to be there, that there would be considerable antagonism to what I was saying. So uh, I, I preached the gospel, and then I just sensed that God wanted to heal some people, but he wanted to heal them publicly in front of everybody. And there was a particular person, a particular lady, it was, it was a lady, um, and uh, God just said, call her forward and heal her. And so I called her forward, prayed with her, and she was immediately healed. I, I can't remember what the, because this was some years ago, I can't remember exactly what was wrong, but it was something that she could tell she was healed immediately, discernible. It was a physical thing. She knew she was healed immediately and said to everybody that she had been healed, I didn't know, but it was the mayor of the town. Everybody knew and respected this lady. It was as if God had just chosen exactly the right one to demonstrate the truth. I can remember another situation in another country where um, I was preaching at a big national conference and I, there were a lot of very religious people there <laughs> and they were opposed, really opposed to healing. And I know they were very, very nervous about what might happen uh, as a result of me ministering. And um, so I preached the gospel of the first evening and went into a healing ministry and and lots of people were getting healed and everything. Well, apparently the leaders, they had a meeting late into the night after this. What are we going to do about this? This man is healing the sick and and we're going to lose our integrity. Everybody's going to think, you know, this is this is not right because we're not used to these kind of things. So they were very, very nervous what was going to happen. And I could tell, I could tell the following morning, because I was speaking again the following morning, I could tell that they were very, very nervous about what was going to happen. And uh, right at the beginning of the meeting, a woman stood up and said, I would like to give a testimony. And so they let the woman I didn't know who she was. They let the woman give this testimony, and it turned out that she was a leading surgeon in this city. Everybody knew her, deeply, highly respected. And she just said how the previous night she had been completely healed of a long-standing, non-curable disease. And it was like, you know, God, so that took the argument right out of court. I mean, And what was the effect on the people of those two situations? Oh, uh, from that point on, I could minister and healing. And even though, you know, these 
pastors were, were nervous. So many wonderful things were happening that they invited me back the following year. So the opposition melted away. So the opposition, well, the opposition melted away to certainly to a certain extent because they just were confronted with the reality of God at work. And just briefly, Colin, what makes people afraid of the Holy Spirit moving in the signs and wonders? People are afraid of the unknown. Because people are afraid. They are yes, very yes, afraid. Yes, yes, they are. They realize that what is happening is supernatural. Mm. And if you are not familiar with the supernatural power of God, you can be afraid. Like a lot of people are afraid of tongues because they've never heard tongues. It sounds such a strange sort of gift. Why should God give it? They don't understand why God has given it. And then if they happen to be present when it happens, they say, you mean that's it? And they've sort of survived the experience of hearing people because all the fears were just in their minds because they didn't understand, because they're only used to listening to reason and speaking in tongues is beyond reason. Healing the sick is beyond reason. Uh, you know, a leading surgeon being healed of an incurable medical disease is beyond reason. And, and um, uh, that is what shakes religious people who have only been used to a reasonable kind of Christianity. But then to take that to its logical conclusion, if they're calling something of God, something that's not of God, then that's actually quite serious, isn't it? Oh, it is. Uh, I'm not saying that the people were saying that none of these things I've been recounting to you, they weren't saying that it wasn't of God. Uh, they were afraid for their reputation because they wanted to replicate a reasonable Christianity because they thought that's what would be acceptable. But isn't that the case all over Western Europe? Isn't that the case in Britain, that many of the churches just want to replicate a reasonable gospel? But it's the same spirit. It's all, of, it's all of the mind. It's of the intellect. It isn't of the spirit. Is it the same spirit that Peter and John were confronting here in front of the religious people? Those religious spirits certainly exist today. Oh, yes. There are religious spirits, and, and you see, um, all, all these wrong spirits are spirits of deception, right? So religious spirits can deceive people so they cannot believe and understand and receive the truth. They're plugged in, if you like, to their religious deception. And so that can exist within what people would see as the Christian community. It's not actually really Christian, but it's, say, the church community. But then, you see, <clears throat> can you say that a group of people that meet in an odd-shaped building are really a church unless they are the body of Christ because they're born again, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're continuing the ministry of Jesus in the world? Because that is what the church is called to be. The body of Christ that are actually making disciples, followers of Jesus. And what do disciples do? They do the same things as Jesus. They replicate his life and they replicate his works. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 